Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rap Party, where we dive a little deeper into Sunday's message. Pastor Ray here this week with Trevor Gaiman. He continued our series Attributes, where we're diving into the wonder of God. We're looking at his omniscience, his omnipotence, and his omnipresence. Uh, Trevor, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, maybe how you know Pastor Roger, and then remind us what attribute of God you looked at and a little bit about your message. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I've known Pastor Roger for a long time. Um, He's a dear friend, and uh, so he asked me to, to come in and uh, fill in this Sunday and uh, preach on omnipotence. Nice. Uh, so that's the attribute I was tasked with exploring. Um, so I chose John 11, the story of raising Lazarus from the dead, because it, um, you know, displays God's power uh, over even, you know, death. Right. Um, but what's cool about it is it also you get into a little bit of the questions of like, okay, well, why does God allow suffering um, if He's able to? It. Right. Um, if he is all powerful, why does he allow bad things to happen to us? Um, yeah. So we get into that a little bit. Uh, and the basic the thesis of um, the message is that God is all powerful, so kind of affirming God's omnipotence, but that also his purposes are usually greater than ours, and we don't always know what he's doing, but we do have enough that we can trust him, and we can be confident that in the end he will work everything out. And prove that he's always been faithful to yes. us. Amen. So um, something I had a thought about was um, you, Trevor Gaiman, you're thinking about God's omnipotence. I imagine for at least a few weeks as you're preparing this message, um, what aspect or facet of God's omnipotence inspires the most awe in you? Yeah, I think um, probably a couple things. In the creation account, there's you know this one little verse that's like he made the stars also mm, you know right it's, it's, like just, this short it's almost little, like a throwaway yeah almost like a throwaway yeah. like comment oh by the way he made right, the, right. You know, <laughs> the stars and i was i was looking at something recently and it was talking about how many stars there actually mm-hmm. are and one uh, helpful uh comparison was like or illustration was for every grain of sand on the earth there are something like 10,000 stars. Wow. So yeah. that number is unfathomable. Mm-hmm. It's just this throwaway verse in Genesis. Right, right. That's so amazing. that aspect, and then, you know, just the awe, that makes me kind of just marvel. Um, and then the other aspect would be, I think, God's, like, sovereign control of history. Right. You know, when you look into, like, you know, his purposes in building the nation of Israel and his just the way he guides history, the way that the Bible presents him is he's in control of everything that's mm-hmm. happening. You know, when, when Job confronts him with, you know, all these questions about, um, you know, why God has allowed these things to happen and, and God just comes back with, you know, like, where were you when I laid the foundations mm-hmm. of the earth? You know, and he goes on and on about how he just is the only one who sees and knows and that everything has the power that controls everything that's happening, watching over everything that's happened. Yeah. So it's just that part is also very fascinating to me. Yeah, that's really good. It's making me think about how, um, you know, God, we talked about God being um, omniscient last week. You know, he, he knows all things. Um, and 
him keeping everything together. Like he knows everything that will happen and somehow he weaves it all together right. for his plan and his exactly. purposes. That's, that's how powerful he is. You know, my mistakes, my stupidity, the, yeah. the atrocities that humanity creates, that's he right. works all that for good. That's right. Nothing's outside of his control or right. dominion, which is, you know, it's something that makes you marvel because it's hard to really understand how that could be. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that really touches too on, on the, the, problem with evil or with suffering, right? Is, um, how, how can God allow suffering in, in some way, um, it is used to accomplish his, his purposes. And we, and we, that's something that it, it hurts to say, I think I would say, you know, like suffering brings about God's purposes. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it is very difficult to really, you have to be very careful, like parsing that. Right. Um, so, you know, it's a whole, it's a very thorny issue, but, but yeah, you have to kind of affirm based on like Joseph's story. The Bible is a great example. You know, Mm -hmm. his brothers, you know, you know, basically try to kill him and they sell him to, into slavery. They do all these terrible, evil things to Joseph. And yet, it was all part of God's plan and his purposes. And even Joseph says that, you know, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't look at it so much as like, you know, he, he, he knows that the proximate cause of all his pain was what his brothers did to him. But he knows that the, the person who was really behind everything and in control and, and in a way that he was not responsible for right, what right. his brothers mm-hmm. did, but he was still sovereign over it. Mm-hmm. And he sees God's good purposes and, and how those bad things that his brothers did ended up doing this enormous good where Joseph, you know, saved his whole family and basically brought about the nation of Israel, you know, being birthed in Egypt. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so you, you looked at kind of two questions that maybe we ask when we're faced with suffering or we're trying to contemplate the purpose of suffering. And in John chapter 11, your verse, or your passage that you looked at today, Martha and Mary, they asked this question like, God, don't you love me? You know, the, there's the people in the crowds that they're saying, you know, God, aren't you able to um, f- help with the situation with Lazarus? Um, and then you kind of talked about some possible answers. You know, maybe maybe we're being punished for something. Maybe uh, maybe there's consequences for our actions. Um, can you kind of maybe expound on that a little bit? These these questions that we have. Um, I know, like personally, my wife has chronic pain issues that she's dealing with. And so um, she's really struggling, like is there something I should be learning through this? Like, right. and so maybe for people listening, do you have maybe some encouragement for them looking yeah. at God's omnipotence and maybe their personal suffering? Yeah. I mean, I would say the first thing is, you know, if you look at like the problem of evil, the problem of suffering, it's not just an intellectual issue. It's really an existential problem, yeah. you know, primarily. So if you're going through suffering, you know, and, and, it's no comfort to tell somebody, well, it's meaningless. Yeah. You know, it really is just chance and fate and you've got, you know, there's bad luck this happened to you. Um, and so there's no comfort in that. And then that's really all that the world can offer you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bible does tell you that, you know, God is in control and that he's working all things for our good. And so we have that to go on. But it also can be a little discouraging, especially if you think, oh, is God punishing me? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we really need to be encouraged by the fact that you know, the whole book of Job is essentially saying that, you know, you are, there is this category of suffering where you're innocent and you've done nothing wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and, and your suffering is, is um, not caused or due to your sin or disobedience or anything like that. And then also, I think what's comforting is to know that 
whatever those reasons are, which are often difficult to understand, especially when we're going through something. It's mm-hmm. usually not until like after we've gone through something right, yeah. in hindsight that we can appreciate God's purposes. Mm-hmm. When we're going through it, it's very difficult to, it almost doesn't bring as much comfort. But what does bring comfort is knowing that God suffered, yeah. you know, that Jesus mm-hmm. suffered. You know, we, you know, on, on this side of the incarnation and the cross, we, unlike the, you know, believers in the Old Testament, you know, we know that God suffered. We know mm-hmm. the answer, yeah. you know, that, that he came in and he suffered to relieve our suffering. And so we can always take comfort in knowing that, you know, Jesus knows what I'm going through. And that if he were to, if he accomplished the redemption of the entire world through his suffering, mm-hmm. and there is some purpose in my suffering, God will do some good out of my suffering. If he could make that big, if he could do that much good out of Jesus' suffering, he can surely do that with my suffering. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that. It's um, it's really something to kind of think about, and I and I appreciate how you drew out um, the image of Mary, how she's always finding herself at Jesus's feet, and I think yeah. that's an important place that we need to be, especially if we're suffering um, in yeah. some capacity. Just so um, neat to see yeah. that with her, yeah. you know, just this cool little, you know, uh, detail. Right. And, you know, could miss it, but yeah. Really yeah, awesome. I was just about to say that. You know, you you can read that and just kind of miss it even with even you know with the and he made the stars also yeah, something right. you just breeze by that yeah, exactly you know? yeah but it's it's cool to learn to just to remember that like when people are writing these gospels you know john's writing this gospel and matthew mark luke you know they're very intentional about right. what they put in mm-hmm. there you know so no detail is kind of like uh you know just happenstance it's there for a reason right. so john was trying to show us something yeah you know so yeah, that's cool. Um, maybe to kind of end on a little bit of a lighter note, um, I, I find this kind of kind of comical. You know, we're, we're talking about how God is all powerful. Some people will say, well, if God is so powerful, can he create a boulder that he can't right. lift himself? What do you think about something like that? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I was preparing for this. I was reading a little bit about that. But yeah, that the way that you would kind of uh, answer that question, I think, is basically no. The answer is no. Right. Because... Um, God can't won't he won't do anything that would deny his nature mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So if I, if he were to create a boulder that he couldn't lift, that's essentially denying his nature as being omnipotent. Right. You know, it's the same way you would say, well, would God never do anything wrong? You right. Know, it's like yeah. no, because that denies his nature as mm-hmm. being all good and being love. Right. Uh, so there are there are limits, and also the other limit would be uh, his will. You know, right. he, yeah. he doesn't just do anything. He only does what he wants to do. Right. Right. Uh, so you know, it's not. To say he's all powerful is not to say that there's not some kind of definition. To mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of thinking along those lines too. You know, it's it was almost it would be illogical for yes. him to create something he couldn't lift. Yeah. So so it's kind of like a married bachelor. It's right. an, an impossibility. Yeah. And God so I think nonsensical. Right, God is so powerful yeah. that there really is nothing he can't do right. that's within reason and according to his will and right. his purposes. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Awesome. Well, thanks, Trevor, for your time. Uh, Glad to hear your sermon this morning. For you guys listening to this podcast, um, if you haven't listened to Trevor's message, please go and listen to it now. It, it really will encourage you and lift you up. Just realizing the omnipotence of God and how much Jesus has done. Um, there's this scripture that you quoted, Isaiah 53, I believe it was. Jesus was acquainted with our grief. So he knows what it means to suffer, and his suffering is what ultimately brings us eternal life with him. And so we pray that you'd be blessed this week. But for today, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola. 
or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.